Welcome to the show, I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Mental health is a complex topic. We all have different challenges that are specific to our life circumstances. Thankfully, there are those who have dedicated their careers, and in the case of our guest today, their entire lives to helping others navigate the often complex nature of our mental health. Today, we're joined by Dr. Hassan Khalili, who's just released a new book called A Life Spent Listening. The book is described as a unique and engaging perspective of humanity and a journey of wisdom accomplished through shared stories of self-awareness, acceptance, and discovery. In a life spent listening, Dr. Clilly reflects on over four decades of being a frontline community psychotherapist and shares lessons he's learned over the years. His approach is that he shares stories from his own life and the lives of his patients to help explain the human condition. So today he'll share some of his philosophies and techniques such as the Clilly Grid to balance our lives. Now, Dr. Clilly has a unique story himself. He was a young Iranian immigrant to Newfoundland and Labrador, but is now heralded as one of the top psychologists in the province. He's also a huge advocate for health and has adventures on his resume, including hiking Machu Picchu and Mount Kilimanjaro, and even going to Antarctica. Let's listen in and see what it means to seek contentment and why he believes that we hold the key to our own happiness. Hi, Dr. Clilly. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you too. Beautiful day here in St. John's. I heard you just went for a hike, which is a great way to be active during the day. So you're all about health, but you're mostly about mental health. Tell me a bit about your past and how did you become a psychologist? Well, my first degree was in counseling and children's psychology in 1970. And then I, I was interested at, at, at that time, interested in child psychology, but I realized that uh, Quickly, I realized after a couple of years, I was good, but it was not good enough. Uh, then I decided uh, uh, if we have be, we have an agribusiness in our my homeland, and I said, well, I, I go to agribusiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, I uh, I was good again. I was good, but was good not good enough. So I end up going to US to get MBA. Uh, I started the MBA program, and when I was finishing up, uh, the revolution happened. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to waiting and I got a master in counseling, and I ended up studying PhD in adult psychology and counseling in University of Iowa. From there on, I've been basically a frontline psychologist, of, of, I say, over 40 some years. Wow. So you've been for 40 years. You've been dealing with a variety of different people. You said adults. Does that include like what professionals or people with trauma or all of the above? Everything. Because uh, in uh, most of my, uh, most of the latest of my practice was in Newfoundland. So because I've been in Newfoundland since 80, 85. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was invited to Newfoundland to become a senior psychologist in Waterford Hospital. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came in in '85, uh, I fell in love with Newfoundland, and even though I promised them two years, I ended up staying. Mm-hmm. So uh, my first 10 or 12 years, I was hospital practice and a bit of private practice. Then eventually, I went to uh, private practice, and uh, doesn't matter in hospital or 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 outside. Uh, I was really involved and really loved what I did. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so it, you're here in Newfoundland. You've been here for 
the vast majority of your entire career. It's your home. What's the state of mental health here in the province? Is it a challenge for our population? I think mental health, just people are realizing past number of years that they have to pay attention to it. Most of people, uh, they know about physical health, but they didn't know about mental health. I remember when I started private practice, the usage of counseling was minimal. Mm-hmm. And as time passes, people realize how important mental health is. It, basically, we tend to our physical health, but we don't attend to our mental health as much, especially in we are, as we grow up, we talk about it, but we really we're not taught how to take care of ourselves mentally, emotionally. Mm-hmm. We keep, keep we keep uh, a lot of bad mental habits and bad mental behavior, which impact our mental health. When mental health is not well, obviously physical health is not well. And mo- most of the time, two brain, the men, uh, emotional brain and intellectual brain, they are not communicating well. They act separately. Okay, so let's dig into that uh, idea there about it impacting our overall health. I think some people don't really think of it as something that could impact some of the health conditions you heard of. Like, what are some of the medical ailments that can that can be impacted by having a poor state of mental health? Well, most of the physical ailments have a mental health component. For example, we talk about the car accident. Mm-hmm. When people talk about breaking bones or hurting back, but lately, past number of years, realize is as much our mental health hurt mm-hmm. by accident or anything that that impacts us. So even our professional were limited into the uh, what they can offer. And thanks God, the training has been expanding. Psychologists, psychiatrists, social worker, all counselor become better and better. And they, they become, they communicate with each other, the continuing education become better. And so uh, I am very optimistic in future, our mental health become better. The other side of the story is that we are very lucky. We are in Newfoundland. Being in Newfoundland, scenery, the culture, mm-hmm. all, all of us help with our, our mental health. So compare ourselves to people in Ukraine now, compare ourselves to ourselves in people in Afghanistan or other places that this, this political situation or social situation upside down and what happened to mental health of people. Mm-hmm. One of the most important part is teaching our children and ourselves how we talk to ourselves because I am with me 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I'm with me all the time. Mm-hmm. What I tell myself, what I do with myself, so learning about myself, knowing my personality, knowing my mental habit, knowing what hurt my body, my hurt my mental health, and do something about it, that's something psychologist or counselor could help. Right, right. And if I think about this, you go back to that learning aspect of it and teaching people things. I don't think we've ever really been taught a definition of what mental health is, both good and bad. Can you give us a sort of Coles Notes version on how you would explain what mental health is to somebody? First thing is that you, you get to know what feeling you are experiencing. Mm. Is mean uh, one of the things, be mindful of your feelings. For example, the definition of different feelings. For example, when a person is anxious, what does anxiety mean? Why the anxiety come? Mm-hmm. When we feel guilty of something. So one of the first things we, we need to teach people to understand their own feeling 
and put a name to it, understand mm-hmm. where they come from, why they carry it on, how long lasts. A lot of those negative feelings can be taught to, to be able to moderate it and deal with it. For example, grief. Mm-hmm. If, if, if the grief is something normal, people uh, go to it. But there, there are wa- ways of grieving that make it more healthy grieving. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. We, we're going to have emotions no matter what. It's how we deal but, with those emotions that really makes a difference in whether or not we're healthy or sick. Yeah. For example, people first of all say, I was angry when I was uh, uh, because of traffic. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, they say, real traffic didn't make you angry. You permit yourself to be angry. We need to understand mm-hmm. or to understand why we allow that. They say, well, weather proof of land make people depressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, weather does it or we do it. We permit ourselves to do it. You know, I grew up in a, a very hot place. Mm-hmm. And I lived more than half of my life in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And I love Newfoundland. The weather, it does bother me, but doesn't go too far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because I acknowledge it, but I, I don't permit myself to to uh, to allow the weather to get to me or somebody else's words get to me. So is is the relationship we have to ourselves the way the process negativity, the process uh, communication, the process uh, impact of anything happened to us, stress, how we can do it, that's where the state of um, mental health is. Mean. If a person doesn't know what it, how to wear, for example, uh, if we, we, we wear wrong shoes, we end up having a sore foot. Mm-hmm. But the same thing we have, we have, we keep on doing bad behavior. The result of it will be a bad mental health say for mm-hmm. example i go to bed late mm-hmm. i have to correct my my sleeping habit so then so a sleeping habit diet diet habit conversation habit especially self-conversation mm-hmm. these are all part of mental health that's dr hassan clearly author of the book a life spent listening he spent over 40 years counseling individuals on all aspects of mental health His book is a collection of stories that help us navigate the human condition and our challenges with stress and mental health. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Hassan Khalili, author of the new book, A Life Spent Listening. He's sharing some of the many lessons he's learned through his 40 years of clinical practice as a frontline psychologist. Let's check back in and learn more from Dr. Khalili. You have such a unique understanding of the different challenges we have here in Newfoundland, but also just in people in general, and you've put them together in a brand new book that's being released. Can you tell us about your new book? Well, I really didn't plan to write a book, but but end up end up writing a book because I was I was afraid I forget what I have learned from my experience. I learned most of my skill I learned from my patient. Yeah. What I have learned, I translated in a small book with simple language because majority of what I'm talking about is simple that I have dealt with it over the 40, 45 years, 50 years of working. Uh, for example, purpose of life. Mm-hmm. What's the, what 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 our purpose? You know, uh, uh, I, I put two chapters on purpose of life. Even 
people uh, put expectation on their, themselves, then by, by age of 30, 40, 50, they become defeated. So it sounds like your motivation to read the book was because you've had these amazing experiences with patients and, you know, you've got so many stories that you think other people will benefit from. Is that, is that the main reason? The main reason was this, this is what second thing, but, uh, but main reason, but I don't, I didn't want to forget it. Mm. And then, then, then uh, I want, because I forget it, I it will be lost. Uh, mm. So I, I put them in a, in a small book. So, so people would be able to benefit Mm. Oh, that's the motivation of it, and I think the lesson learned from what I have I have been listening is makes sense to reader readers that have their own time read it in a, in a very simple manner. So I explain every aspect of it. That's perfect. Well, you know, it's funny because I did read it, and all of the sections are so nice and concise. Because sometimes when you're dealing with something like mental health, you don't want to be reading like chapters upon chapters or were like pages upon pages to get to the point. Now you broke your book up into four really sort of digestible sections. And the first one says that you need to find your place in life. What does that mean? I go to my own experience. When I was a kid, I uh, grew up in a very hot environment, religious environment. They were not child friendly. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, we, I was looking for something to make make my life uh, sweet and, and and delicious. It was a bakery in my hometown that he ma- make the cream puff, and, and the cream puff become a, a, a sim- symbolic way for me to create a cream puff state in my he- head. <laughs> and oh, oh, so everything that was. Uh, People talk about the first kiss uh, at a teenager kiss. Uh, the, the, I, I, I didn't experience it because we weren't allowed. But right. this, this sense of deliciousness, softness, gentleness, positiveness, that's what the cream puff state was created for me. But then over the course of the years, I added to this word that I created, friendship, nice, nice scenery, nice conversation, happy jokes, friendship, anything, anything that I could find that I put in, expand my cream puff world. The more cream puff world expanded, the less space was for negativity. I love that. I created a world that uh, uh, every time is belonged to me, belonged to a little guy inside of me, and every time I want, I can get in. I don't need anybody's permission. Mm-hmm. And I can put anything. So, and a small positive things become big, and big negative things become small. That's interesting. So you can you can almost trigger those emotions. And you know, one of the things you talked about is like expanding that word to be more and more positive. And one of the things I really found interesting was talking about the Kalili Square and how we have to have balance in life. Can you explain to our listeners what the Kalili Square is and how they should try and organize that in their lives? Well, I have to give an example. I give it in the book the, 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 in order for people to understand. Many years ago, a gentleman who's older than me came to see me. He was a wealthy, gentle, polite, handsome man. And but he had third marriage breaking down and two heart attack. Mm. 
wealthy, wealthy man, everything he had, but was not obviously. And I said to myself, uh, and I, I, I said to myself, why is that? Then I had coffee in my office. I offered him, I don't usually have that uh, that service, but but that particular day, mm-hmm. I, I offered him, he accepted. I put a little coffee in the cup. He took the coffee and downed it like tequila. Mm. And I said, I said, why are you take, why are you drinking coffee like that? He said, it's a coffee. And I said, coffee is uh, for talking and resting. Say, I don't have time. For, I don't have time for that. I realized there is an imbalance in his, his life, you know. So then I gradually developed this Khalilid grid, which is I divide our our life in four parts. Our health, which is number one, that's that's include mental health, physical health, cultural health, religious health, spiritual health, any health that 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 make us more healthy. It's not only physical. Mm-hmm. The second is uh, family, home, and how how healthy is my home life? That's include my friend, my family, my extended family, my spouse, my children. And next, say, say my work, uh, how happy, how good my work is, how I am, am I matched with, matched with my, my work? Is it matched my personality? Is it healthy? The, um, the way I work is healthy. And then next one is, uh, how is my hobby? What mm-hmm. kind of thing I like to do? So a lot of people in four in quadrant, four of them, they sometimes, they spend too much time in one. Like how many professionals you know that works 60, 70 hours a week and expecting to be happy? It's not going to be that way. Or they have no hobby at all. Or you have too much hobby, too much Xbox, too much alcohol, too much bar going, you know. Or in, in family side, so, so, so they are in the wrong relationship. Uh, it's not peaceful. Some people even, they don't have a good diet. So they depend on which which part of this quadrant yeah. is is this the need help or need fixing yeah. then then uh, give me a chance to say okay now we need to work on this we know uh, we, we know you are not you are not stressed out because for example your our hours of work is not correct or you or the way you expect from work is 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 Wrong, wrong expectation. Doesn't matter what is it, but we can put our finger in, in any of those and say the balance would arrive. And they have all of them. They, you know, there is something in it. They have more hobbies. They have a, a good life, a good uh, work life. They have a good home life. But they have to work on these things. Not, not it doesn't come by itself naturally. All of them need need uh, discipline. That's Dr. Hassan Khalili, author of the book, A Life Spent Listening. He spent over 40 years counseling individuals on all aspects of mental health. His book is a collection of stories that help us navigate the human condition and our challenges with stress and mental health. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Hassan Khalili, author of the new book, A Life Spent Listening. 
He's sharing some of the many lessons he's learned through his 40 years of clinical practice as a frontline psychologist. Let's check back in and learn more from Dr. Khalili. I used to work with people all the time and my goal with them was to improve their health as well as their work, as well as their hobbies and recreation, find different ways for them to have an overall sense of being outside of what they do for a living. So I think that's extremely profound and, and really important. And I guess one of the other things that popped up as a key word in your book was know thyself. In other words, like understanding our personality and maybe, for example, that gentleman who came into your office, maybe he wasn't aware of who he was as a person. Is that something you, exactly. you talk about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, the, when we talk about personality, from professionally speaking, uh, um, people say, oh, is this personality like that? Uh, but there are two aspects of uh, ours. One is that we are born with it, trace, like the color of our eyes. The certain thing come with us that, that naturally part of us. But that's a small part. The bigger part is we develop to deal with the world. So mm -hmm. there are four, four aspects to this, uh, the four wall of personality. One, the, our perception how we perceive things. Mm -hmm. If there is, uh, there is, our perception is off. If perception is, is not, uh, is wrong, wrong, wrong uh, way of doing, uh, perceiving things. That's where the, uh, the personality always translates something to something else. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so perception is how we translate what event happened, how we translate what person said. Well, the, the second part is, which is as important, is how we manage our emotion, how much we know about our emotion, how we can, how we can understand our feeling, what feeling our body or my mind produce more, and what, how we can teach our perception or, or thinking habits to bring more positive feeling. Generally speaking, if the person has difficulty managing emotion, that's where the personality disorders start coming up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Third, third one, how we relate to others, how we relate to world, you know, interpersonal, you know, and, and learning social skills, learning, le learning communicate with, with other people. So interpersonal relationship is another aspect of personality. We need to know, and if people say, oh, I'm not, I'm I like that. Where does it come from? Mm -hmm. If it's not, it's not, it's not working for you, why are you keeping it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and then how we, we the next one, how we deal with all impulses. When I feel like drinking, if I feel eating, if I feel say, saying something, how, how, how I manage my impulses. Uh, if I get angry with someone, want to say something, in the, our perception or emotion has to come in to manage it, to not say, oh, I said because I was angry. Why you get angry? Yeah. Where did it come from? How often you get angry? And do you know what, how anger develops? What were you angry? Where, where, where do your body, for example, in body respond to you? For example, if I, I become angry, my mouth dry. Hmm. The moment my mouth dry, I know that I am I am going wrong with him. My emotion going up, and uh, and my intelligence going down. Huh, that's a good so, sign. So, so, yeah, so 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 personality. If we get to know ourselves, it is more complicated than it just mean, means saying it to you. But the four aspects of what I expect 
perception, the way perceived, the way our our mind works in terms of uh, processing uh, stimuli and processing uh, uh, what should come to us, how we how how we manage our emotion that our body develops, how we deal with other people, how we manage our impulses, uh, uh, and and then this when we work through mental health, we put all of them in the right direction. Yeah, 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 right. And so you've actually, you know, you, you've identified your challenges, you know yourself, and therefore you're able to take the right steps, learn the right skills, whatever it takes in order to sort of correct the imbalance that exists there. You know, one of my favorite chapters in this, and I, I love the title of it because some of your titles are really funny, is... Um, you know, having a dirty mind. And just to clarify to all of our audience, it doesn't mean what you think, a dirty mind. Do you want to explain what, what you mean by that phrase? Because that goes hand in hand with what you just said. That's a larger thing to think about. And I said many times, when there is a dirt in my hand, I go to, uh, to water and soap it and clean them up. Mm -hmm. If there is a dirt in my clothes, I change the clothes. If my 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 hair is out of place, I, I comb them up. But when the, our mind get negative and keep the, the negative images, negative feeling, negative thing that we 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 keep it and we call them. Well, I this happened to me uh, my, my childhood. It happened to my adulthood. We we don't wash them. We keep them in. Mm. Mm -hmm. I remember one time somebody said to me, I, I, get, I get very uh, depressed every December. And I said, why is that? He said, I, that's me. I, get, get every, I said, well, it doesn't make sense. And then, he, then she explained to me that 15 years ago, she lost somebody in December. And I said, 15 years ago, you still keep it. Why are you doing that? Because... Mm -hmm. He, she decides to keep the dirt, the feeling, the, the feeling sad, uh, feeling uh, grief for 15 years, and she take it. And I said, even even the person you lost doesn't want you to feel that way. Yeah. But unfortunately, we permit ourselves to keep some of the dirt inside of our brain. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. Uh, so 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 the, one of the uh, one of the things to, to to learn how to wash it, how to let it go. And it's not complicated when you learn. I have thousands of examples to say. Any regret, any loss, anything that we, somebody hurt us, we feel guilty about, and depressed us, and we feared us, we keep all of these in, and we say, well, it's natural. It's not natural. We allow it. And when we allow it, then we keep it. We say we cannot forget. Intellectually, we cannot forget because we don't have that ability. But we can let it go. Letting go does not mean justification. Does not minimization. It means you let go. Mm -hmm. Just let it go because you decided. You can. You have a power to let let let, let go. That's Dr. Hassan Khalili, author of the book A Life Spent Listening. He spent over 40 years counseling individuals on all aspects of mental health. His book is a collection of stories that help us navigate the human condition and our challenges with stress and mental health. We'll be right back after the break.
Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Hassan Khalili, author of the new book, A Life Spent Listening. He's sharing some of the many lessons he's learned through his 40 years of clinical practice as a frontline psychologist. Let's check back in and learn more from Dr. Khalili. So what you're saying there about the dirty mind is sort of like uh, hanging on to things in the past. And I've heard the saying that like the wake doesn't steer the ship. And, and I think about what, what are some of the past triggers that get us going the most in life? And that tends to be relationships for a lot of people. And a big part of your book is, is dedicated to helping navigate relationships. Can you explain the concept of the marriage garden to us? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, as I, I said it, that I need to give an example of, of, what, of how, how, uh, what I mean by marriage garden. Uh, there was a, cu- a couple came to see me. They have uh, f- four or five kids. The youngest one was 17, 18. It was giving a hard time mm-hmm. to them. They came for that consultation. When I asked question, the lady answered. The wife answered all questions. And then after about 10, 10 or 15 minutes, I turned to him and I asked him, I want you to answer this question. And he he become lucky, like a kid. He put, put his face down and look at me like this and like this and, and, and it's quiet down. And his wife pulled his, her, her chair toward him, hold his hand, told me, Dr. Kelly, you hurt my husband. I realized that, that how good the relationship is. This is what I, my, 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 my points was. There's a little guy inside of the man, yeah. and there's a little girl in the, inside of the girl, the wife. These two are friends. Mm-hmm. They are themselves. Mm-hmm. They don't have to be anybody else. They are accepted by adults. So there's a the, the marriage garden there that they can play it. So when she, when he was become weak and become scared, she came in. She didn't have to explain herself. She was someplace protected. How many of our relationships are like that? That that the person who has become become alone, become lonely, has to defend himself or herself. Mm-hmm. But when you are in good relationship, you're accepted, and you love each other. You are yourself. You put your defense down, and you're safe in 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 uh, the garden you are in. Mm-hmm. The more of we have that type of relationship, the more our relationship lasts with our best bodies. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to us. Right. Body will accept us. Right, right. But for some reason, it, it doesn't translate to relationships as easily, I guess, for some people. Well, they, they, a, a lot of people are married, but they're adults married. They're not children or friends. Uh, that's right. That's right. And so you just made a really interesting saying I, uh, that was also in the book was uh, people can be in a relationship, but be lonely. So if somebody's listening and they sort of resonates with them, what does that mean? Well, they, they, because because the little guy, little person here has to keep on defending him, herself or himself. OK, so they are married. They are obligated. They say, well, I do. But but realistically. Uh, they, 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 when they are alone, they are alone. They cannot open up. Right. So one of the things I would uh, teach them to be able to have active listening, be able to hear each other, because so sometimes we, we cannot be we are wrong, but I want to be right with my husband, or right with my wife. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, so because because uh, how much you can 
how much you can uh, uh, defend yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you are, especially when you are stressed out, when you are lonely, the best friend, the best buddy you have, your spouse. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So get see if I've got this right. In each person in a relationship, there's an adult and a child. The two kids should be able to play together in the garden, and the adult should protect the little person when they need it. And meanwhile, the adult should be able to have an adult relationship as well. And if you have all those relationships working, then you've got a good marriage garden. Acceptance, total acceptance. So the so so, so uh, total trust that I am safe in here. Ah, I I am safe. I I don't have to be uh, six feet tall, and I ha- don't have to always be right. It, uh, it doesn't matter which one. Uh, uh, the good relationship is that they are totally integrated inside of each other. They are they are in, having their independence, but they are also co- co- at ease with each other. Mm, that's right. They don't have to defend. And so, I mean, I have seen it, people in the eighties, nineties, when they when they have that relationship, one start one sentence, the other one finish it. Yeah, yeah. They are so close that you know, and we. It, Sometimes uh, people are doing all the right thing, but the children don't like each other. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, exactly. That's common too, I'm sure. Okay, so so you're talking a little bit of conflict. I guess the last thing I want to chat about is is something that's universal to everybody, no matter who we are. There's difficult conversations that occur. There's conflict in some way or another in our lives. How do people handle conflict appropriately? And I know that's a huge topic, but what advice would you give people? One of the first conflict we have, we have with ourselves, right? Mm. That's the conflict. But we have also conflict with others. Mm-hmm. If we conflict with ourselves, there are we, 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 with others, we have three bad ways of dealing with it. Trying to ignore it, try to fight it, try to give in to it. Mm-hmm. Or learn to compromise. Mm-hmm. From compromise, go to solution. So sometimes in, in, in with, with outsider, we need to have a little bit of a, a little bit of a emo, emotional communication. Understand, understand why they, this ha, the other person me, uh, so important uh, so important this issue with, with them. Mm-hmm. And what why important to us with them? And uh, not too long ago, uh, uh, a couple, uh, two men, they had difficulty. And, and I said, sit down with him, tell him, I want to really understand why you're upset with me. Yeah. Don't tell him the reason. Listen carefully. Listen, listen. Let, let them be heard. In most of a conflict, uh, the emotion and verbal communication, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, in conflict, I, I have to go to the detail in the chapter, but but most of the time, the person is mad with you and they find faults in you or vice versa. Mm-hmm. If you learn learn to understand their emotions, they understand the conflict would ease up. Yeah, right. Seek to understand, right? So you know where the person comes from and you can see why. Sometimes I think that we're mad about completely different things with people. And as soon as you clarify it, then it tends to go away. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you let them, why they are doing that. What's important? Because sometimes value conflict. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, you know, you know I, I think this is supposed to be this way. You think it's supposed to be that way. When you, and then the conflict would may not resolve, but it doesn't stand up, 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 up to, to become a war. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. 
Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I could pick your brain on this all day long. I, I I really enjoyed your book. And for anybody who's listening that is really liking what they're hearing with this advice, how are they able to get a copy of it? Uh, well, everywhere. But from uh, publisher Brickwater, so they, they they sell it everywhere. But Amazon chapter everywhere. There's in a coal, and I, I saw it in the coal the other day. Uh, I was feeling a little great because I feel. First time I see my book in the shelf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for my ego for a bit. <laughs> well, that's a yeah. I'm gonna ask that last question. That's the last question I want to leave with. You know, you've dedicated your life to helping people. How does it make you feel to be able to write this book and make this contribution? I feel that my what I have learned is not forgotten, mm-hmm. and it's written someplace. Somebody could could tell each other and uh, tell each other and they can go back and check it. They have time to read it themselves. If they don't understand it, they can read it again. Mm-hmm. And it's simple language. It's not complicated. I didn't make a psychology book. I, a, is, and I put my own, my own struggle in terms of learning how to, to have a cream puff world. Yeah. How to change the country and be able to integrate in the country. How to get, let, let the dirt go of my mind. I go how how understand value system, my value system, and don't impose it on other people. Mm-hmm. is is a simple way of explaining things, especially in relationship, purpose of life, get rid of the dirt, get rid of the fear. It's very simple way of explaining. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people can benefit from it. Like you said, we've all got challenges in our lives. We're all unique. And uh, and it sounds like there's a lot of advice in that book. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you to Dr. Clilly for joining me today. Now, I often don't share too much personal information about my health, but in the case of today's topic, I feel the need to be open with everybody listening. Mental health is something that a lot of people struggle with and often feel ashamed about coming forward with. Well, I first met Dr. Clilly over 10 years ago when my father was passing away from cancer. He helped me navigate the barrage of emotions that came with losing a parent and the impacts it has in our lives. I've never lost contact with him and he's become a valuable friend in my life. I can speak from personal experiences that the lessons he shared today can make a dramatic impact on your life, whether that be getting rid of negative patterns by cleaning out our dirty minds or balancing our lives using the Kalili grid or finding our purpose or even knowing ourselves. There's plenty of things we can work on. Carl Rogers once said, the good life is a process, not a state of doing. It's a direction, not a destination. Now, if you've lost your way and need a compass, I highly recommend grabbing a copy of Dr. Clilly's book. I've read it front to back and will be keeping a copy handy for quick reference when those inevitable mazes of life have me chasing my emotions in the wrong direction. Well, that's our show today. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.